Hello, this is Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with Proclaiming the Word of God. This is a podcast for those who like to hear the preach gospel and those who like to have Bible study during the course of the week. So today we're going to be coming to you with a quick word and we're going to try to get this done in 30 minute time frame. However, the spirit of the Lord leads. So today let's go ahead and turn in our Bible and we're going to be coming from Matthew chapter number 13. Matthew chapter 13 and we're going to start reading at verse number one and it reads like this. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60 and some 30. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. And for a subject, we are going to be talking about the soil of my heart, the soil of my heart. In life, since we have been in this pandemic, many of us have faced many trials and we have faced many tribulations and some of us are to the point of looking at life now and we are questioning some things that are transpiring in our life. Lord, am I going to make it or Lord, I'm failing or Lord, show me how to make it. And so it may be that we need to stop and we need to look at some things that the Bible has to say in this parable of the sower. There's a a popular commercial that is out and there's a catchphrase in it. And the catchphrase is, what's in your wallet? And so today I'm going to be asking the question, what's in your heart? What is in your heart? God looks at the matters of the heart. And he says in Matthew 6 that for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. One of the things that we say about our heart, we say that you can tell what's in somebody's heart by what they spend their money on. So if you were to follow the money trail and you could look at somebody's credit card and you see uh, credit card expenditures or look at their checkbook, or as they call it, got the receipts, you can see what it is that that person likes. So the heart is a matter of where God wants us to make sure that our heart is actually right before him. He looks at motives and he looks at uh, forgiveness and unforgiveness. 
So we're talking about the heart. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So the thing of it is, is is all of your heart given over to God or do you just have parts of what you want? Some people call it reading the Bible and leaving in the verses that you like and taking out the verses that you don't like. So you do live by the word, but... Uh, well, you just kind of don't live by all of it, but you do live by it now. So it says there that with all your heart, you lean not unto your own understanding. In Proverbs four twenty three, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything flows from it. So in other versions, it says out of the heart flow the issues of life so here it is that Jesus he has been teaching and it's been on a Sabbath and the last thing that he said in the verse that is is coming before he goes out of the house and he sits down by the sea he was being told by his disciples that his mother and his 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 brethren were looking for him and the last thing Jesus had said is, Who is my mother and my brethren? And he says, For whosoever will do the will of my Father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. So when you look at somebody as your brother, your sister, and your mother, you want to look out for their welfare. Because there is a love that you have for somebody. They call it, in our time, those are our ride or die kind of people that are in our life. They stick with us through thick and thin. And when you have a friend who sticks with you through thick and thin, then you truly have somebody that is in your life. Friends who stick with you through thick and thin, they are few and far between. When you have them, you hold on to them. And so here it is that Jesus is now teaching the multitudes that are coming to him as he's sitting out by the sea. When you've got an answer for a desperate situation, when you have a a population, a culture of people that need an answer from the Lord, then you're going to go to whoever has the answer. That's like many of us, we will run to revivals and When the big preachers come to town, the ones who have the healing crusades, many will go to them. And I'm not saying that that is bad to go to them. We haven't been able to do it like we used to because of the pandemic. But God is trying to teach us something. God is trying to get us to a place where we, although we can't run to a crusade and be amongst the healing miracles like we used to be, we still can go to God and be amongst the one who is the healer. Amen. It may not be a crusade, but it is right there with God. So Jesus is trying to get the word about the kingdom of heaven out to a population of people. Pretty much like God is trying to get the word of God out to us in our culture. God is wanting to spread the word. We've got social media all over the place now that where we haven't been able to congregate in the churches that God has released new avenues 
and kind of level the playing field for those who want to spread the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ. So it is that when he's here, he's speaking to the multitudes and he's got a word for them from the Lord. But the one thing that he's doing is he has a multitude, but he's speaking to them in parables. So he's equating something that is in their regular life that they would be able to understand, but it has a biblical meaning behind it. And he's doing it for a reason. I wonder how many times is it that some people will live and they will see things happening and it'll be something in the natural but it has a spiritual connotation to it if you have the eyes to see and the ears to hear what the spirit is saying you maybe you can discern something of what the lord is saying and that's how god speaks to us he speaks to us and sometimes we have to discern what god is saying So here in the Bible, Jesus is speaking to the multitudes that have come out to hear him. The Bible says that he gets into a boat and he sits down and the whole multitude, they are standing on the shore. When you're standing, they're standing and they're waiting for relief. They're waiting for an answer. Jesus is sitting out in the boat. And he is sitting because he's confident in what the word of God has to say. But he looks out and who does he see? The Bible declares that he says that whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my mother, my sister, and my brother. So As Jesus looks out, he's seeing hearts, hearts that if he preaches this word of God, that if he teaches this word of God, he's seeing ground where seed can be planted. He's seeing potential brothers, potential sisters, potential mothers, because he says, he who does the will of my father in heaven is my brother is my sister and is my mother so he's in the boat and the people you ever seen people they had a show out that was used to be called desperate housewives but when you're desperate for an answer when you've you've gone as far as you can go and you're at the end of your rope you'll go to god It shouldn't be your last alternative because it should be a choice. But usually that's how we get there because we've come to the end of our rope. So the people are here just like imagine how the people flocked to the World Series that recently was. And the stadium was full of people because they wanted to see who was going to win the game. They wanted to see who would win this World Series? Pretty much like the concerts and how we pack the, the stadiums to hear our favorite musicians. 
They were packed because they were looking for an answer. They were looking for an answer. But what Jesus saw was the potential to plant seed. To plant seed and then to turn around and to get a harvest. Because the sower is not planting seed just to plant seed. But the sower is expecting a harvest. So the Bible declares that he speaks to them in parables. Uh, There's a, a, a saying that we have when somebody does something and... The, the person who is doing the, doing the talking to somebody is also doing the same thing that they're talking about somebody about. But th- the illustration that we have, and I'm just using this for illustration, that you got to have the understanding behind it. So the saying in our time would be when somebody's doing something, but they preaching to somebody else that's doing the same thing that they're preaching against, the person themselves may be doing it the one who's doing the preaching may be doing it the saying would be uh ain't that the kettle ain't that the pot calling the kettle black so that would be kind of like a a little short illustration of a parable you got to get a spiritual understanding out of it but in our day and time we understand that that means the 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 pot calling the kettle black is the pot is black too because the pot doing the same thing that the kettle doing. Amen? So, in the parables, just like we understand that, it's, it doesn't sound all King James Version, but there is a lesson that we need to learn about that. So, in the parable of the sower, Jesus talks to him. And he tells them about four kinds of soil. And he's talking about how the seed, which is the word of God, is sown. And sometimes it falls on by the wayside. Sometimes it falls, the seed, the word of God, will fall on stony ground. Sometimes the word falls on the ground and thorns are there and it chokes the word. And sometimes it's sown on good ground. So this wayside and this stony ground and this ground that's got thorns in it and this good ground. So these are matters of the heart. So when you stop and you look at it and you look at your life and I look at my life. We want to know, how is it, Lord? What's holding me back? God, what is keeping me from where I need to be in life? Sometimes we need to look at the parable of the sower. He says that when it's, look at that fourth verse. It says the sower in the third verse, first of all, the sower went out to sow. That's his job. He's expecting a harvest. And so when he sowed, he said some seed fell by the wayside. And when it fell by the wayside, that's the word, the birds came and devoured them. Some fell in that fifth verse on the stony places where there was not much earth. And immediately 
whatever was grown, it sprang up. But because it had no depth of earth, it got scorched at the root and it withered. When it fell among thorns, thorns sprang up. And when the thorns, the thorny ground, choked out the word. And then some fell on good ground. In that eighth verse, some fell on good ground and it yielded a crop a hundredfold, sixty and thirty. And then the Bible says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. They were familiar with farming. If Jesus were here now, he probably would talk to us about cell phones. He probably would say things like, if you take that cell phone and you hold that cell phone up to your ear, you can get a call in to God. Because everywhere you go, that cell phone is with you. And you can always call somebody as long as you connect it to the power source. So he would be saying that we could get to God and it would always be working as long as we stay connected to God as the power source. We could get a word in with God. That would be a parable that God would use right now. Amen. So here it is that he's given them this parable of the sower because they were farming communities and they were used to sowing seed. They were used to having the, the crop to come up. So they were used to the terminology that he was using. But his disciples, they asked him a question. Jesus said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So the question is, is in our life, when things are not quite going the way that we thought that they should go, do we have ears to hear? Do we have eyes to see? He who has ears, let him hear. Can you hear God talking to you? No, don't go that direction. Can you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? I want you to do this. Can you hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? It's time for you to refrain from that. Keep your mouth closed. Can you hear what God is saying to you in your personal life? So these people... The multitudes, they had come to hear a word from the Lord because they needed an answer. You and I need an answer because all of us don't have it going on. Sometimes we fall. Sometimes we are standing and flourishing. Sometimes we feel very troubled and isolated. So many things can happen to us and we need God. We need God on our side. Look at the world that we live in. You can't trust in the world. You got to put your anchor in God. You got to get rooted. We got to be rooted and we got to be grounded in God. Because this world that we're living in right now is topsy-turvy. One minute we're going in a good direction and the next minute we're not. One minute we look like we got morals and ethics, and the next minute we don't. So you can't put your trust in this world. The world systems are collapsing. The pandemic is here. The world is shaking right now. So we got to stay focused, and we got to stay anchored, 
And we got to watch that soil that's in our heart. How is the soil in your heart? What's in your heart? What is in your heart? Is that soil being used and productive for the kingdom of God? Is your heart right with God? Is there something wrong with the soil of your heart? His disciples asked him a question. And they wanted to know, why do you speak to them in parables? Why are you talking to them like this? Why? And Jesus Jesus knew why he was talking to them like this. It's the same way, like when we are immature, that if our parents were to say to us, don't put your hands, uh, don't put something close to the stove because it's combustible. It can make the house catch on fire. That's a simplified version. But for a child, a child would say, combustible? What that mean? It means don't put paper or it can catch on fire. It can burn. So he's speaking to them in parables, in things and ways that they can understand. And so Jesus speaks and he says, to them. He, he answers and he says to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. So we're supposed to get to the place in God where we can understand what he's saying from heaven, the mysteries in heaven. And I wondered sometimes about some things why the rich get richer and it seems like sometimes the poor get poorer but this gave me some revelation as to why things happen he said in that 12th verse for whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance but whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. He says, therefore I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see, hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. So I used to look at that thing and I saw a principle in the kingdom of God. When we apply God's word, and this may be what we need to look at in our life right now. How is our life going? The question is, are we applying the word of God, the kingdom principles of God to our life? This is what Jesus wanted them to do, the multitude to do, to understand the disciples were to the point where they were beginning to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. And to you, it was revealed to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. This is what Jesus is saying. So we need to grow to a place where we understand what the spirit of the Lord is saying. He speaks to them in parables at first because they have ears to hear, but they still don't hear. They have eyes to see, but they cannot see. They don't understand the, 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 the words of God. And so he speaks to them in parables. And so 
when it comes down to those, he says, that have more to, will be given to them. And those who don't have anything, what they have will be taken away is because there is, when there is a principle of God, we have to understand that when we do the principles of God, there are other laws that operate with those principles that bring good to us. But when we violate those principles of God, there are other laws that respond to how we act and that can cause us to have decrease. And it's just as simple as that. I thought God was being evil when I used to say, well, God, why are you taking from those who don't have and giving to those who have more? Because God knows that those who catch hold of him and catch hold of his principles, that if they are going to do good for God, they can multiply those things and they can benefit society. So that is why God has to give increase to those who who have the principles of God and they understand what God is saying and then they apply those principles because there is benefit not only to those who who God blesses but benefits to those who God blesses and then who turn around and who bless others so then he's speaking to them in parables because he needs to get them to the place of understanding God needs to get us to the place of understanding why it is that our life may be falling apart why it is that we may be hindered so the question is is are we looking then at the soil that is in our heart so he goes in and he explains this parable to them and so I feel that because he explained the parable to them too they still were somewhat lacking in understanding of this parable and so he explains it to him but Isaiah says that in the word of God in in verse number 14 of Matthew 13 Isaiah talks about that this this prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled in the people because he says hearing you, you hearing, you will hear and shall not understand seeing you will see and not perceive for the hearts of the people have grown dull. So how do hearts grow dull now? Because we quit preaching God's word. We quit, we quit living God's word. We've put out a watered down gospel, but we got to go and now preach the word of God, the power of the living God, that the power of God, it still works, that God still cares about his people, that God's power is still moving, that we operate in the signs and the wonders of God, supernatural manifestations taking place, that God is still providing for his people. That's the gospel that we have to preach, the gospel of truth, the gospel of the word of God. So that God, when the word comes out, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The word will not return back void. God's word will do what it is sent out to do. And then when the word of God penetrates into the hearts, penetrates into the soil of the heart, penetrates in, then God can change and save his people. Then when that, when he, when you do that, the eyes will be open, the ears will be open and understanding will come and God can heal his land. The enemy doesn't want us to be healed. Satan don't want you healed. Satan don't want you to hear this word of God. Satan don't want you to prosper. 
He wants to keep you blind, to keep you deaf, and to keep you dull of hearing. Because if he can do that, then you benefit the kingdom of darkness. When you do that, then you don't get the things and the promises that God has for you. Because there has to be a connection to the principles of God. Because there are laws that surround what God's word says. Amen. So God wants to bring us out. And he wanted, Jesus wanted to bring this multitude out. He wanted to be the revealer of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. He wanted to reveal to them. He wanted to let them know that God still is opening doors. And God still is opening doors right now. If you can hear what the Spirit is saying, if you can discern the movement of God, and you will walk with God, and you will have fellowship with God, then God can do a new thing in you. Come on now, what is the soil of your heart? What does it look like? What does it look like inside of you? Are you walking in fellowship with our God? Are you walking in line with his word? Are you walking in line with him? It doesn't mean that you got to be perfect, but it means that you got to have a heart after God's heart, a heart after God's heart. You got to have a heart after God's heart. I said there was a toy that used to say it's a weeble it wobbles but it don't fall down it wobble it don't fall down it'll wobble over and get all the way over to the ground it'll bounce back up so are you the kind that when problems and situations come you may wobble you may wobble but you get back up if you get knocked down you bounce back up because you are in Christ Jesus you are connected to the power source your strength is not in you. Your refueling comes through God. Many a single mother out there. I give you, I give you encouragement right now. The Lord will help you bounce back up. Many a family that's struggling. I say, put your hope in God. God will help you bounce back up. God will show you how to make ends meet. God will show you how to feed your children on a little. God will give you a witty idea ideas on how to accomplish things. God is right by your side. So the Bible declares and he says Jesus spoke to him because here it is the revealer of truth is on the scene and the people have come out to hear him. The disciples are walking with him and the revealer of the mysteries of heaven. He is teaching not from the perspective of a man trying to teach what God says, but this is God in the flesh teaching what thus saith the Lord. The revealer is on the scene. The revealer of mysteries. The revealer, the yoke breaker. The Messiah is on the scene and he is teaching and he is revealing the mysteries. He said, for surely I say to you, I'm in that 17th verse of chapter 13 in Matthew. He says that surely, surely I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men desire to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Amen. When the Holy Ghost, Jesus said to us that he said for us right now, we might not see Jesus right here, but in the, in the flesh, like they saw him in the Bible. 
but the spirit of Jesus Christ lives on the inside of us. Uh, that is Christ, that hope of glory. If you've been born again, you can hear his voice because there is a hope that lives on the inside of you and I, a hope that lives on the inside that helps us with this soil that is in our heart. The Holy Ghost will come in and the Holy Ghost will talk to you about you. Don't worry about him talking to you about them. You worry about God talking to you about you because you are the one who's going to get into heaven by how you believe you are the one who will make it by what you do and you gotta be wrapped up and tied up in God he is the revealer of secrets he is the one who is plowing and cultivating and wants to cultivate your heart so put your eyes on your heart what does the soil of your heart look like god is a good god hallelujah god is a great god the revealer of secrets the revealer of mysteries the revealer and teaching the gospel. So here it is that Jesus wants to tell them, but he's speaking in parables. Giving an illustration that they can understand. The enemy wants to keep you blind. He wants to keep you blind. Uh, But God is sending light into this world. He's sending it out by podcast right now. Or we might can't go to the houses of God, but we can take God to the houses. Hey, hallelujah. We taking him to the houses by Facebook. Hallelujah. Uh, By Instagram. By YouTube. Hallelujah. By Twitter. Hallelujah. We are taking God's word to the houses, even if we can't go to the houses of God like we used to. God is saying, go out into the highways and into the byways and preach my word. So he is teaching and he's talking in parables. The revealer of secrets, the revealer of the mysteries of heaven. And so he says, He explains the parable. And I still think that if he felt like his disciples had full understanding of the parable, he wouldn't even explained it. But he explained it to them. And he says, this is the what you see in the parable. And he says that those that need to hear, he says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. So when he says to hear, when God says to hear, then we need to hear and to understand and then turn around and apply. This is how we come out of our life the way it is. We need to hear. We need to receive it and understand it and then turn around and apply it. So let's take a look now and let's act like a surgeon right now on ourselves and a surgeon that's going to cut on us right now is the Holy Ghost the spirit of the living God so let's look at what's in I said it was what's in your wallet the 
common commercial that we are so familiar with. Now, what's in your heart? Amen. So let's take a look and see what he says. Now, in that 19th verse, he talked about the explanation. He says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in the heart. So we can preach this word of God and teach this word of God, but without understanding, it didn't mean anything to that person. It sounded good. You might have got a, when we were in church, you can wave your hands. Hallelujah. Didn't we enjoy that? What he said but didn't understand a word that he said. There's a a preacher, and I'm not going to call his name. Many of you probably know who it is. You probably know preachers like this. They speak so high above, and it sounds good, but you wonder, what in the world are they talking about? Because I'm not used to eating filet mignon. I'm used to eating bologna sandwiches. So if you speak a, a filet mignon type, language to somebody who's at the level then you might have understood it but it wasn't productive for that person so the bible says that this is the seed that was sown but is sown by the wayside and so it just fell out there on ground but it, it never took root because they didn't understand it was eaten by birds it says that in the 20th verse he who received the seed on some received the seed on stony places this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy now these are the people that they hear the word they excited about it But then they got a problem too. They don't have any root. And if you're going to have a seed that's planted, it needs to have some root because it's got to grow downward. And it says in that 21st verse, it says, Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, I've heard many a Christian say, man, my life was better before I got saved. (laughs) I was doing better when I wasn't saved. But when you get saved, the enemy wants to come at you and stir up trouble. Sometimes, even like now, even though we haven't faced some of the tribulations that other people have faced where they have been killed for the word and persecuted just like the uh, followers of Jesus were in the Bible, we still have tribulations and we still have persecutions in this time. And when you are a person who is going through tribulations, troubles, troubles on every side, then you, you wonder, Lord, how am I going to make it? 
You got so much going on that all you can worry about is what's going on. By the time you get through with one thing, it's another thing. And then we face persecution sometimes. It be of our own doing. But sometimes we wonder, Lord, we got bill collectors calling us all over the place. We're wondering how we're going to get this done. And we go to bed and we worry about it. And then we get up and we, we worry about it. And the, all that stuff and all this thinking and all these problems and all the issues that we got in life, when you got so much going on, it wears you out. You don't feel like studying your Bible. You shut that Bible down because you're so tired and you're so woe out from dealing with all these issues and your problems that you, you, you just, it's just too much for you. And you bombard it and you forget. You forget about it. Tribulations and persecutions arise because of the word. But immediately you stumble. You turn around. Now, let's look at thorns. Because all this tribulation, all the problems associated with you, with it, all the persecution, all this stuff is getting to you. And you give up. And you say, forget it. I'm tired. You get back up the next day, you still got the bills, you got the issues, you got the problems, and it feels like you're going in a circle. But you shut down, and you're not talking to God. And then it says, now this is the ones who's on thorny ground. So are you dealing with tribulations and persecutions, and you done shut God down? Are you worn out? You're tired? You got a headache? You just can't deal with this stuff. Because you just got to get back up and got to face this stuff again tomorrow. Or are you the one with the thorns? Now, this is what it says about if you got soil in your heart and your heart got thorns sown up amidst the soil. Now, it says, now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful so look at this I believe that when it says he becomes unfruitful at one point I believe that this person could have been fruitful or was fruitful or it could be that this person never got to that point he could have been fruitful but he just didn't bear fruit unto the Lord is that you are you the one who has the thorns? You, we talking about getting to a place in our life where things begin to shift and to change by us looking at the soil that's in our heart. So are you the one? Because if it's not as to where the tribulations are, seems like the one who has the thorns, his life may not be that bad. His life may be to the point where he got so much going on that he done put God to the side. Or it could have been that he started off right and then the cares of life creeped in and the deceitfulness of riches creeped in and he stopped producing for God. So is this the soil that's in your heart? Is this you? Are you the one that you got to go to this meeting? The children got that. You got to do this for the house, and repair the house. You got to uh, go to your job. You got to work your job. 
You got to put in over 40 hours at your job. Your life is good. Your bills being paid. All your needs being met. But you still so tired from doing all this that you don't have time to pray. You're putting the church on the back burner because you got to have some time to rest. You don't have time to read your Bible anymore because you you you, you got to be ready and you got to be rested up because you got to get back to work the next day. And you all got this big event that you got to do or you got to do something with the kids or the kids got a game. You're tired. You're worn out. The cares of life, the deceitfulness of riches have gotten you. And now you've become unfruitful. Now, is this the soil of your heart? So he says and he explains this parable to him further. And we need to get an understanding of what kind of soil we're dealing with in our heart. And I say, I say we because even the preachers, I don't care what you preach on. I don't care who you are. The preachers have to look at the soil in their heart too. Amen. We all got to look at the soil of our heart. So he says in the word of God, he speaks again and he talks and he says in that 23rd verse, because we don't talked about the wayside seed. We don't talked about the seed that was in stony places. Mm-hmm. We talked about the seeds that were choked out by thorns, the cares of this life, and this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you have good soil? Amen. Because that's where we want to get to, the place where we got good soil in our heart. It says in that 23rd verse of Matthew 13, but he who receives seed on good ground, amen, good ground is he who hears the word. Faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the word of God and who understands it. So he understands it and he applies it. To his life. So let's go back. Like I said, starting off, that when we catch hold to the word of God and we do what God's word says, then there are promises that are around that word, laws that apply to that word that activate for our good. Amen. And so the Bible declares that when he who receives the seed on good ground, is he who hears the word and understand it, who indeed hears, hears fruit, he who indeed bears fruit and produces. So he bears fruit and he produces. Fruit is coming out of his life and then he can reproduce that fruit because he's connected to the power source He's connected to the vine. He's connected to God in such a way that the principles of God work in his life because his faith has activated in his life. His faith is activated in his life. The Bible, the word of God comes alive in his life and he sees fruit in his life. The Bible declares that some bear a hundredfold, some 60 and some 34. So the question is, what's in 
your heart. The question was on the commercial, what's in your wallet? What's in your heart? What kind of soil is in your heart? God wants your life to be better. God wants you, child of God, to be productive. And you can be productive. God wants you to come and talk to him. Don't worry about doing this analysis on the soil of your neighbor. Don't worry about doing this analysis of the soil of your heart on your husband or on your wife or on your children. Because it's got to start with you. You are the one who wants to change. You are the one who wants to get to a place in God. So the analysis of the soil in your heart has to be analyzed. And this has to be a dialogue between you and your God. Between you and God. This is a dialogue between you and God. You and God. I said you and your God. But I'm not talking to anybody who's got a God other than God, Jehovah. I'm not talking to you if you don't believe in God. Because your God could be your money. Your God could be your beauty. Your God could be... Your God could be your prestige in your community. I'm not talking about that kind of God. I'm talking to to you as a personal relationship with God Almighty. So you want to examine you. And how do we do this? We do this by coming to God and saying, Lord, I need your help. I don't know how to govern my life, but God, I surrender my life to you. I don't want to be the one God who starts out with you and then later on turns their back on you. I want to be the one that your word is rooted and grounded in me. I want to be the one God that my soul, that the seeds were sown in is good. I want to be the one God who dedicates my life to you. That's the conversation that you have. And when you have that conversation and you look at what's in your heart, then, and you trust God and you hear his voice and you see what God is doing, you understand and you apply the word of God to your life, then your world will begin to change because you have activated, that word is activated in you. The word of God, it works. And all the laws that surround that word, they begin to work for you. So the question is, what soil is in your heart? Do a self-examination between you and God, and God will change your life. Amen, amen, amen. Well, this has been Evangelist Valerie Laurie coming to you with proclaiming the word of God. I ask you to um, share my podcast with somebody, send the podcast to somebody, and I ask you to subscribe to my podcast and to just just pray for me as I go about, and I'm going to continue to teach the word of God and to preach the word of God and to deliver the messages that God has given to me. You know, ministry is, sometimes ministry is difficult because sometimes it seems like nobody wants to hear what you have to say or nobody follows you because nobody knows who you are when it's compared to other big people who are doing podcasts. 
But I believe that if I am faithful in what God has called me to do, that God will see my faithfulness even at this level of the ministry that I have and that God will reward me. The thing about preaching the gospel is this, is that what the preacher who loves the Lord, whether you are an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, evangelist, teacher, whatever you are, the main thing you want to see is you want to see the lives of people changed. We may never know the people that are impacted. I may never know the full scope of who heard what I preached. But I hope that what I preach, it helps somebody to make it a little bit further. So I'll continue to preach the gospel, to teach the gospel, and to do those things that God leads me to do as I hear his voice, that I'm being led by the kingdom of God. You never know who hears this preacher that one day will end up preaching the gospel, whose life will be saved, whose life will be turned around. And because a life was turned around, that person that I may never meet may affect the multitudes. So we want to keep on spreading the gospel of God. So I hope that you have enjoyed today's broadcast. And until we meet again, you be blessed in the Lord and know everything in your life is going to be all right. I borrowed that from a brother, but because he's my friend, I don't think he'll mind that I say it. Amen, amen, amen. You be blessed until we meet again, and bye-bye.